Hi, this is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Today, our guest is Amy. Hi, Amy. Hey, Jim. It's great to see you and talk to you again. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, and our, our topic today is a, is a very important one, although a, a little bit on the boring side. It's balancing a checkbook. So we are going to have basically a, it's, it's a staged conversation because I had to drop all the examples before we recorded. So this is not Amy's bank account nor my bank account, but we have examples here to help you understand how to balance a checkbook. All of the things we're talking about today are outlined in detail on my website. Go to Jim's advice and then checkbook 101. And you can actually see screenshots and, and everything we're talking about. So before we dig in, Amy, do you have any great checkbook balancing stories? Have you made mistakes in the past? I have made many mistakes. I think it's something that they needed to teach me a long time ago, and I had to learn on the fly. So yeah, basically, college was a train wreck of not making any money, making some money, but overspending and not realizing I was overspending. So it is definitely something that um, I learned along the way to take seriously and, and do a better job as I got older. Yeah, well, the bounce check fees help you learn really quickly. I do, pretty much. Although it should be said too that the the younger audience listening to this podcast has it so much easier now with online banking. That is true, very true. I think um, back in the day, writing things down, you forget. It's just part of life. You forget that you did that, you paid that, you spent that. So it's a lot easier to keep up with now. Between cell phones and online banking, I think it's a lot easier. But still, it must be learned. So off we go. So. Uh, to start, our motto for balancing a checkbook is count every penny coming in and every penny going out. And that's that's really what we're trying to do here is keep track of all of, hopefully it's your paychecks coming in, and then every single uh, expense or out, outbound expense or purchase that you make. So with that, let's, let's talk briefly about the setup we have today, Amy. Uh, what's our income situation? Let's just say our monthly income is $1,733 or $17.33 and 10 cents. And you get paid twice a month, like the first and the 15th. Okay. And and there's a reason I chose that amount. It's because uh, that is, according to militarydefense.gov, uh, that's the amount that a newly enlisted member of the military, what's called an E-1 pay grade, should be receiving. And the, the military pays the first and the 15th. Now, everything we're talking about today applies to somebody not in the military, but I did this because I've, I've, I've heard more than once how there are a lot of young folks in the military who really struggle with balancing a checkbook and need to learn this. So to make it more relevant for that audience, I chose that number. Uh, now, now, what do we have for uh, net versus gross each pay period, Amy? So our gross pay um, is going to be different than our net pay. So our gross pay would be $866.55. Um, your net pay is going to be slightly less, and that's because you're going to have withholdings, social, so, social Security, Medicare, those types of things. And that would be $723.50. I went to a website called Paycheck City and looked up the withholdings for that uh, paycheck. And as Amy said, your gross pay is 866.55 but what you what actually hits your bank account is 723.50 after those three withholdings so 
you have to very quickly understand the difference between gross pay and net pay and make sure that your budget is geared towards net pay. All right. And it's true. That's a hard lesson to learn. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> All right. What's our next topic there, Amy? Direct deposit. So that's um, a very important thing that whenever you can, as soon as possible, get your direct deposit set up so that it goes directly, just as it says, into your bank account. And for you young folks out there, uh, this will not make any sense, but in the olden days, uh, you used to actually get a paper paycheck, usually every Friday or every other Friday. And I remember in my small town growing up, Friday between three o'clock and 4.30, the bank was jammed with people depositing their paychecks. And so th the reason we want direct deposit is because you wake up on payday and that money's been wired to your account. So all you have to do is log into your bank website or the app on your phone and boom, you can see it. No going to the bank, but it also can't get lost in the mail or anything like that. So, and I have an example on the website of a voided check in case you're not familiar with that. When you sign up for direct deposit, your employer almost always wants a voided check. And all you have to do is write, write in giant letters VOID across a check and hand it to them. And that just means it can't be used for anything else. Right. It's simply to, to show that you do have a bank account and that the routing and the account number on it. Yes, exactly. That's pretty much the information they need. And actually, you, you should be able to just tell them those numbers, but they always want one for some reason. Let's talk about opening a bank account. So we're going from a brand new account today. And the scenario on the website um, is that your parents lend you $300 to open a bank account, get you started, and then you're going to repay them $75 a month for four months, which you'll see as we write the checks later on. So basically, uh, you get with your checking account, when you go to the bank or credit union, you get what's called, I think, I, I've always said balance book, but I think the people at the bank call it a register, a bank register. Does that make sense, Amy? Yeah, I think that's what they call it, but I've always called it exactly what you did. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Anyhow, it's a, it's a fancy little uh, booklet and they'll give you more copies when you need them where you write in every expense and every incoming amount of money. So if you're able to look at the website at some point, you'll see I started our uh, checkbook here with $0 at the top as the initial balance. And then you, you'll be able to see there are some codes at the top of that uh, page there. And I'll introduce the first one and Amy can look at the next one. So the first code they have is DC. And that would be a code you enter in, the, in your balance book anytime that you use your debit card, DC for debit card, really simple. And the second one, it looks like it's for your ATM or bank teller, your withdrawals. Um, you remember that? That didn't always happen back in the day. So that's a new one. That's a new code. Yeah. You simply, when you withdraw cash at an ATM, you write down ATM. And then uh, AD, we have that for autom automatic deposits, which again, we talked about direct deposit. And if you want to use DD for direct deposit, I mean, these are not official. This is just for your reference. That works too. And then the next one is BP, which is the code you'd, you'd use uh, when you do bill payments, you know, for your mobile phone, auto insurance, those bills that come in as we get, you know, more responsible. 
yeah an online bill payment is a, a fantastic way to, to to do that stuff and then we have tr there's actually in the picture it's t but i added the r for transfers if you set up a savings account and a checking account you can go online and move money between the two pretty much instantly the next one is DEP, and that's for your deposits, like uh, when you get a gift um, for your birthday or for Christmas, something like that. So that's what DEP means. Yep. And then there's AP is automatic payments. And I'll just caution everyone now. I don't recommend these when you're learning to balance a checkbook, because if you sign up for an automatic payment to say your cell phone bill, that money's going out of your account the day that the that your cell phone company wants to grab it and you may not have the balance in there. And so you can get overdraws pretty quickly. Uh, later in life, when you've got a little more cash in the bank, it won't be such a big deal, but I, I don't recommend signing up for those until you uh, get your legs under you in terms of balancing your checkbook. Okay, so what's our next step there, Amy? Step two, um, looks like, let's see, the initial deposit into the checkbook, of course. We gotta have an initial deposit, so we gotta get that money. We gotta get something in there because we start with zero. Yep, so, and, I, and again, in my fictional scenario, we have mom and dad lending you $300 to get started. So Amy, this is the easiest math of the day. What's the math look like? <laughs> the math is, is very easy. Uh, starting with zero, add 300, our total is gonna be $300 to spend between today and our next payday. Yes, that's how that's how much we're, that's essentially our net worth right now. And so, Amy, if I was to write a check for three hundred and one dollars to somebody, what would happen? You would bounce that check, and then you exactly. would even more. So I would say, yeah, don't don't do that. And and you'll be able to see on the website. Uh, I wrote it out in the balance book with DEP being initial deposit, and put the uh, three hundred in the deposit credit column, and showed the uh, the new balance as 300 bucks. So now that we have some money to our name, let's try a transaction. What's what, what'll be next, Amy? Transaction, so we've got, um, say we're going to buy some pizza maybe from Domino's, it sounds about right, right? So we've got $300 in the bank. Um, we buy some pizza, it's $14.77. So that leaves us a total of $285.23 between today and our next payday. Yep. And, and in this scenario, we're talking about using the debit card. So walking into the Domino's, sliding your card, entering your PIN, the total is $14.77. But this is the important thing. Domino's is going to get their money. You need to remember to write it in your uh, checkbook, which I never carry them with me. So it's usually a when you get home thing. You I keep a, that receipt, right? I mean, that's what I used to do is keep the receipts to try to remember to write those down later. Yes, and I on the website, I have a little pro tip, which is if you are new to balancing your checkbook, go ahead and just send a text message to a friend. Uh, you take a picture of the receipt and send it to a friend or send a text message and just say, remind me that I just spent 1477 on pizza and then your friend will write back and say why or huh or something. And then it'll be logged on your phone essentially to, uh, to help you remember to do that. Okay, so having enjoyed some pizza, now we are worth $285.23. And we have more expenses to pay. So what's next for us, Amy? Pay some bills, so that would be the BP code. Um, let's just say it's our T-Mobile bill. 
um, $47.25. So we started with $285.23 minus $47.25, and that leaves us with a grand total of $237.98 to spend between now and payday. Uh, we, we have here um, online bill pay, and I can't imagine there are any banks left in America that don't offer this. And what you do is you go in and you set up each account you pay. So our example on the website is T-Mobile. You put in the address where you would send a check to them or uh, and your account number. And then it's a standing account that you see every time you log into the bank. So all you have to do is select that account, put in the amount you're sending and click, in this case, I have a screenshot and send money and boom, it's off to uh, T-Mobile in this case. And so it saves you a paper check and it saves you a stamp but you're in total control of when that money leaves your account. So I recommend that. And now having, having paid T-Mobile in our example, we are worth $237.98. And so what do young people do? Young people go shopping for things they don't need. So what do we have next, Amy? Well, we're gonna buy something on Amazon most likely. Yep, uh, in our example today, we have uh, buying some headphones on Amazon. Uh, and I have in the text on the website that you shouldn't do this because you're broke, but you will. Um, and so when you are shopping online, uh, you should be using your debit card from your, you know, that is linked to your checking account. So what, what expense do we have here, Amy? Um, let's see, $237.98 minus $51.38 for those headsets. That's a total of $186.60. There you go. So we are ticking our way down towards zero, having bought pizza, paid a cell phone bill, and bought some headphones that we don't really need. And we have these expenses listed. If you go to the website and see the picture of the uh, checkbook, um, we have that where the code is DC for debit card purchase, and it says Amazon headphones, 5138, and then the new balance. So we are, although we're spending money we shouldn't spend, we're tracking all of it. So that part is good. So now what's our, what's our next real world expense, Amy? Next expense, we're gonna put uh, some gas in our car. Yep, uh, and we're gonna go to, uh, in this case, we have using your debit card at Exxon for $21.15. So what's our math looking like here, Amy? We had $186.60 minus that transaction for gas of $21.15, which leaves us a total of $165.45 until payday. And this is what people, young people don't understand about this is that that's all the money you have left. You can't go to the ATM and withdraw $200 because you don't have it. And you can't write somebody a check for $200 because you don't have it. If you truly wanted to clean out your account, at this point, you could write somebody a check for $165.45 and it would clear the bank and then your balance would be zero. And this is, this is where people struggle. You have to remember, you can only spend money you have. This is not a credit card. It's a debit card and it's linked to actual money in your account. But there's good news on the horizon. As we look down, Amy, what's next? It's a great day. Uh, we're going to get paid. It's our paycheck day. Yep. So in our scenario on the website, we have uh, it's we make it to the 15th of the month and that net pay, not your gross pay, that net pay of 723.50 
automatically goes into your bank account. So there's no going and depositing the check. It's just wired right in there. And now we're rich, right, Amy? What's our balance? Yeah, we are definitely rich and we're feeling much better. So 165.45 plus that 723.50 that just got deposited equals $888.95. And that is going to last us until our next payday on the first of the month. Yeah. And so that's an important thing. You feel rich on payday, right? And then you realize, oh, wait, in, in this situation where we have somebody getting paid on the 1st and the 15th, that money has to last you 15 days. So don't go out and splurge. You have to budget. And we're right back to real world reality here. Um, what's our, our next expense, Amy? Um, let's see. We've got we've got some expenses. Our next one is for our car payment. Yep, and we have. I actually have an image of a check here uh, that I mocked up on the website, and it's fictional. Uh, Wilkins Auto Mall for two hundred fifty nine dollars and thirty four cents. And if you're truly unfamiliar with how to write out a check, this is how you do it. Uh, all the major data points are here, including you write out the words 259 and, and I've always done it where you put a line down the rest of the space and then the sense above 100, you can see the image. That'll make far more sense than listening. Uh, but now here's the biggest thing to learn from this podcast. All of the other expenses were digital and the money came instantly out of the account. But in this case, you might be mailing a paper check to this auto dealer and let's say it spends three days in the mail and then it takes five days for that auto dealer's bank to get the money from your bank. For eight days, your, this expense will not show on your online bank account. So you have to immediately update your, your checkbook so that you know this money's already gone. And if you don't do that, if you go by the balance you see on your uh, bank's app or uh, website, you're gonna think you have more money than you do. So you have to remember when you write a check, as soon as you hand it to somebody or as soon as you put it in the mail, it is gone to you even though it's not gone from your account yet. And that is probably the number one mistake everybody makes when they're trying to learn checking accounts. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. It's hard to remember that when you don't see it come out automatically. Yeah, I was actually thinking it'd be cool if, because I know banks have this thing where you can use your phone and take pictures of checks when you're sending them to other people. It'd be really cool if you could take a picture of a paper check you're writing and it immediately shows as a pending transaction in your own account. But um, I, I'm not aware of anyone doing that. So this is why you have to update your checkbook with this expense. And so now we're, we're slightly less rich. What do we have left, Amy? We had $888.95, and then we paid our car note at $259.34, which left us a grand total of $629.61 between now and our next payday, which would be the first. Yeah, okay, so we've added $629.61, and again, the actual entry in my checkbook is on the website. But if you have a car, you must have insurance, so... What are we doing next, Amy? We've got to pay that um, online insurance payment. Yeah, and when you're young, insurance is ridiculously expensive. Um, I have in our example today that it's $104.17 a month, which actually some of you with a bad driving record are probably paying way more than that. Um, 
and I have a screenshot of what it's going to look like again. You set up, in this case, it's Freedom Auto Insurance and set them up as a company that you make payments to regularly. And then you just go, log into your account, select that particular, I think they use the term payee on these websites. And then I'm typing in 104.17, click send money and boom, it's out the door. But we need to remember to add it to the checkbook. So we were going to look at what, $629.61 that we started with and subtract $104.17, which gives us our next total of $525.44 to spend. Okay, so we're down to 525. And then we feel like going out with our friends. So we're gonna go, we have an example here of actually going to an ATM and withdrawing $60 in cash. And here's another point to make if you're really clueless about balancing checkbooks. You make a single entry for cash you withdraw, in this case it's $60, but you don't make any entries for cash that you spend. So if I spend this $60 as $20 to go see a movie and then $10 on ice cream and $30 you know, um, buying some clothes or something, those three separate transactions don't matter because once the cash leaves your account, you just note that your account is down $60 and then you're good to go. So we have that, uh, that ATM and then we're using the code in this case ATM to make that note. And now that we've withdrawn $60, what's the account worth now, Amy? We've got, we started with $525.44. We withdrew the cash for 60 bucks. So we've got a total of $465.44 to spend between now and our next payday. And we keep reiterating between now and payday because you need to learn that until you have more money coming in, you have to watch how you're spending. The, the goal is to, you gotta, I mean, depending on how frequently you like to eat, you gotta make sure money lasts until the next payday. Okay, so now, uh, just to give you an example of other transactions, what are we doing next here, Amy? Next, uh, let's talk about transferring money from the checking account to our savings account. And I have on the website description that we have a goal here of trying to build up a $1,000 emergency fund. So what we're going to do now is transfer $100 from our checking account to our savings account. And your savings account is still available to you but it's offline. So your debit card doesn't draw from savings and your checks don't draw from savings. Um, so you're basically just, think of it as moving money from your left pocket to your right pocket, it's still yours. And again, depending on which bank you choose, you should have an easy way to log in on the phone app or the website and you know do some, click somewhere that says move money, transfer. And in this case, we're doing a one-time transfer to savings of $100. So this math should be simple for the audience, but Amy, to keep it consistent, what do we have? Let's do that. $465.44 was our beginning balance. Subtract that $100 to our savings account. That gives us $365.44 to spend. Okay. So now we're now at $365.44. And if you remember back to the start of our scenario, uh, it was mom and dad lend you $300 to sort of get started in the world. And what do we have to do now, Amy? We've got to start paying them back. So we have to write that paper check that goes to mom and dad. 
Yeah. Okay. So and I have an image there uh, on the website of another paper check written out. Um, and it's for $75, zero cents. And again, same reminder, as soon as you put this in the mail to mom and dad, uh, this one's made out to mom, not dad, because she does all the banking in my fictional situation. But as soon as you put it in the mail, it's gone to you, but not gone from your bank account yet. It's going to go through the mail. Mom's going to put it in her bank account or mom and dad's bank account. And then it's going to take a couple of days to be pulled out of yours. So you have to account for it immediately in your checkbook so that you don't spend that money twice. So when we legitimately add it to the checkbook, what is the math looking like, Amy? 365.44 minus that check to our parents of $75 to pay them back. And that gives us a total of $290.44 to spend again between now and our next payday. Yes. And I have, again, with this scenario that we made up for this podcast, this is not totally realistic, but just to explain to you how it would look in a register, in this scenario on the website, it's November 21st, you're a little worried about having less than $300 in your checking account. So we're actually going to show you transferring $10 back from savings, which means you don't meet your savings goal for the month, but it's going to bring your balance up. So again, it's going to be logging into your bank app or website and clicking on transfer. And instead of $100 out to savings, we're doing $10 back into checking and it'll, it'll move over as soon as you click submit, uh, real simple. So I'll, I'll, I'll handle this one for you, Amy. We were at 290.44, we transferred 10 bucks back. So now in our checkbook, we've written that we have $300.44 that, that needs to last until the next payday. But life comes with expenses and we have another expense. So what, what, what's the next one we're doing, Amy? Last payment we're going to do is to our cable and internet bill, which everybody needs. Yes. And so we have here uh, that we're paying $55.39 to uh, AT&T Cable. Again, this would be set up as one of your payee companies uh, on, your, on your personal web, uh, bank website. And so the transactions all look the same. You type in the, you select the correct account for AT&T. You type in 5539, click send money, and off it goes. But you then need to go back and update your checkbook, uh, your handwritten checkbook entry. So we started with $300.44 minus 55.39, giving us a balance of $245.05. And that needs to last until payday. Of course, this is a fictional scenario, although probably very real for the audience that I, I have in the, uh, the, bank, the checkbook online that it's November 24th, you got $245.05 to your name and you gotta make it last till December 1st. And that is our last transaction in this uh, scenario because that should be enough transactions for you to get a, get a real feel for it. Again, it's tracking every single penny. We started with zero, got 300 bucks for mom and dad. And then we tracked, we wrote down every single time we spent money either with the debit card or by online bill pay or automatic uh, direct deposit of a paycheck 
or paper checks. And I can warn you now, paper checks are the hard ones because they don't leave your account right away. So that's that's the one you need to be, well, you have to be diligent about all of these so that it all matches, but that's the one that's gonna bite most of you. Um, well, thank you, Amy. That was, I'm sure that was a little bit dry for the audience, although seriously, if you're struggling with this or no one's ever showed you, watch this podcast while you're looking at the website and you can see each transaction and you can hit pause on the audio and see exactly how it's done because this is exactly what it looks like when you do it for, for yourself. Um, do you have any final thoughts or advice, Amy? It's okay if you don't. No, it's fine. I actually do. I think this is great. It would have been like, it would have been very helpful for someone to have shown me this sort of thing when I was starting out. Um, you can't have too much information when it comes to money. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And and it just comes with, you have to see the right way to do it. And then you have to have the personal discipline to to do it all the time. And And with the online and the apps and actually my bank will I go to an ATM, my bank sends me a text message with the essentially my receipt now. So there are a lot of advantages, but it's the paper checks that will uh, get you because the money leaves your world as soon as you put it in the mail, but it doesn't leave your account until it clears the other bank. Um, all right, well, Amy, I appreciate that. And I forgot to tell you before we, were, we started recording, but I do ask all of my guests one final question. So, in the entire, in the realm of all things in the adult world and adult life, what is something you wish you had figured out before you turned 25? Oh, wow. 25. Um, I wish 27, I, by the way, folks. <laughs> I wish I'd figured out more than one thing, but if I have to zero it down to one, probably at that point would have been um, how to handle um, emotions and life and what the challenges are that get thrown at you. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's very important how to deal with, it's actually one of my points on my website, uh, learning how to deal with setbacks and disappointment, I think is a big, a big thing. And I would say so. If, if, if I could draw up an easy way to do it, I'd explain it to you, but I still struggle sometimes. So. Put, put a flow chart together, Jim, I think you could do it. I'm on it. Okay. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time. And we will, we will, we will definitely have you back for a more interesting topic than balancing the checkbook. I appreciate it, Jim. Anytime. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com.